Hello, my name's Richard Cox, and I'm here with Tim Freak today for the latest Deep Awake Dialogue video we're doing. And today we're going to have a chat about relationships, and particularly relationships from the Deep Awake space. So Tim, good morning. Good morning. You've just announced you're doing one of your Deep Awakening events specifically around or looking at relationships later in the year. Yeah. Yeah, I, it, it came really, Richard, from, as you know, the, the central practice that I use with people to help us wake up is the soul-to-soul connection exercises, like gazing or a certain form of gazing, uh, listening, uh, touch with fingers, connecting through sensation, being to being. And they're incredibly powerful. And at a deep awakening, you get to connect with all of these different people in this profound way, and it alters our collective and individual consciousness. And, and quite naturally, people find themselves becoming more awake and then becoming deep awake. So for some time, it's occurred to me, I wonder what would happen or how interesting it would be if you did those exercises over the course of a weekend with one other person. So rather than it being lots of different people, you went on that journey with the group, but also with the person specifically you came with who you had a particular relationship with. So what I've done is said, look, for this deep awakening, you know, if you come on your own, that's fine. And you will still get the chance to connect with a lot of the other people who will be there on their own. But if you want to come with your partner, your lover, your sister, your friend, your parent, your child, the person that you think it would be great to have a exploration in this really benign way to deepen your, that particular relationship. Now, you'll still get to connect with everyone. We'll do a deep immersion, a deep awake immersion, where you get to connect in, on the Saturday night with everyone. But through the journey, you'll make that journey with that specific person. And we will also explore the philosophy, how deep awake philosophy affects relationship. And I think that could be a really powerful and interesting experience. Yeah, well, let's, um, let's dig into that then, because when we were speaking the other day about maybe doing this dialogue, I, I sort of scratched my head to start with. Well, I don't know, can we do one on just on relationship? We usually do things like Zen or, or gurus, <laughs> the kind of topics that have a history to them and you can say factual things. And is relationship a bit vague? And then as we were thinking about it, it occurred to me, um, there are some really interesting points here, like a lot of relationships, particularly family relationships, have changed dramatically over the past 50 years, particularly with things like the divorce rate going up. I'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's a, a huge change. Um, the world is full of relationship advice books now and seminars you can do on working relationships, friendship relationships, marital relationships. Um, how does Deep Awake, do you think, specifically speak to, let's say you have people who are, are struggling in a relationship, whether it's a, a husband, wife, or a, a parent, child relationship, a working relationship. What, what's specific about the Deep Awake thing that you could step into with that? Yeah, really great question. I mean, as you can probably imagine, over the years, I've had an awful lot of people come to my retreats who have said oh i'm stuck in this relationship which isn't working or i'm moving but my partner isn't or we've moved apart or what do i do and my own feeling 
with it is that, that what the what this I mean it's not just what being in the deep awake state does I think that can really help you deal with the difficulties of relationship but I don't think it automatically gives you the solution it's not prescriptive it doesn't go well you should stay in your marriage or no you should just follow your heart it's, it's I think it's more subtle than that I think what it does is it gives you access to your deepest intuition where you wrestle with these paradoxes because the truth is that there is no simple answer to these things and eventually you follow something which arises in you and go, I've got to do that. The question is, is that thing that rises up going to just take you over and make you do something impulsive, which you can then look back on and go, oh, I was not conscious enough, which happens a lot. Or is that thing which is going to rise up in you going to be from your deepest place where you can go, no, no, I was more conscious and was able to make what was definitely the right thing to do for me and me in relation to everyone, not just me as, as if I was an isolated entity, which I'm not, I exist with everyone. And so there's a love, there's a care. It's what I call love wisdom in the new book, soul story. I have this talk about love wisdom, which is the deep wake state gives you the love. And then you need to find the unique wisdom to express it in the particular situation rather than it being a prescriptive idea that this is right, this is wrong. I've seen it um, go in all different directions after people having spiritual um, experiences in general and also after your events where people have gone away and later reported they got into a relationship. Yeah. Okay. And there was a shift that allowed them to do that. I've also seen people get out of relationships, um, marital or long-term partner relationships, working relationships. Um, Something about maybe having this kind of experience and coming to value oneself in a way that an unpleasant situation is no longer acceptable. Yes. I'll tell you one thing I think for sure is that if you, if you pay attention to becoming more conscious, the the thing that will change is you will not stay stuck. Mm. Now that can go in either direction, but you won't stay in, Oh, I'm stuck in this. That will move because that is purely about being conscious enough to allow the creativity of life to come in to go change it, do this. So that the, the great tragedy, I think, is not that you, that you either continue with something or change it. That's options. The tragedy, if you like, is for me, is that when we, we are half alive, we close down on our mm. lives, we put up with this. Whereas life is too important sure. to put up with it. We need to be able decisions to... Like- are always very easily put off to tomorrow and people yeah. go for years putting them off to tomorrow. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and I think also the other thing which is that, is that it decreases fear. Now I've often, you know, you've often heard me said, I'm sure, you know, I do respect fear and fear is natural and fear has a place, but the, the more awake I am, the more I feel that there's an underlying security, which allows me not to be overcome by fear. And therefore, I have the courage to be able to go, okay, I'm still going to act. So a lot of the things, as you just said, is we stay where we are because we're frightened. Mm. So that movement that can happen. I, I also want to say, you know, that I've also seen an awful lot of, like, for instance, when I was in America last time, a woman coming because her relationship with her son was absolutely in pieces because um, he was a heroin addict and it was a complete mess and, and he was a mess. And she was needing to do to do that to, for his own good as well as her own. And, and I, 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 you know, at that retreat, she came back and went, wow. I went, I saw him immediately afterwards 
And because of the state she was in, I, I think, he just opened up to her for the first time in decades, well, decades, but years, and, and something magic happened. So that, the, the deep awake state can also do that. It allows people pick up on it. So if you're, if you're more awake, you're more loving, you're more present, you're more authentic, then people feel it, and then that gives them a chance to respond in a different way. Partly because you do. One of the things we do in relationships, don't you think, is that we, we presume people are going to be who, they, who we think they are. Yeah. And then it's like I, putting I, them I in a box. With them, like long-term friends, after maybe 20 years or so, um, every now and again, we periodically take like six months apart, right? Because we, we start being roles to each other and um, start to frustrate each other because we were, were treating each other as we were five, ten years ago. And it's not that we consciously decide, I'm not going to speak to you, but there's a kind of separation and then a rejoining and a kind of acknowledgement that we've both changed in some way. And I think in a, in a marital relationship uh, where you're living with someone and you have all this stuff going on, um, you can't do that. So you need to find some other way to acknowledge change in the person. Then. Yeah. yeah. Let me ask you, um, you're a husband and a father. Um, how and that's maybe i think there was a time in your life where you didn't necessarily expect that you would be a husband and a father it was going to be advice all the way uh, <laughs> how, how has um how do you find the deep awake comes into that for you um with your wife and also i think with um i'd be quite interested to hear about how it's affected you as a father with the way you've related to your children wow um yeah in so so many ways the, you know, a key thing is, is the thing that you just mentioned, that it, I feel there's a freedom which comes from it, where I don't want to, I really don't want to trap my family and my loved ones into being my idea of who they are. Mm -hmm. And whilst, you know, I make all sorts of problem, um, errors, and, and, and as a father, I'm sure, and as a husband, one of the ones I don't think I'm, I'm, I do is, is to, because of the, uh, the way that I've learned to perceive others, is I always remember that they're far more than, everyone is far more than they appear to be in this moment, and, and that there's a great depth, and people can just change and are suddenly free in any moment. And I think, and, and it helps that Debbie, my wife, is incredibly good at that. So that there's a moment where you can just see through and allow this, this something beyond the, the limiting idea. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think, you know, when, when you fall in love in a relationship to begin with, I think it's because somebody sees you in this deep way and it feels fantastic. And then the problem arises, the longer you hang out with them, the more you start becoming an idea to each other. And then suddenly it's like, well, you would do that, wouldn't you? So you've gone from, oh my God, you're magic to you would do that, wouldn't you? And then the other person's making you feel like this. And then it's like if the love goes, that feeling of expansive possibility goes. So what, what returning to the love in yourself does is it enables you to keep refreshing it in relationship and 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 of course I, I mean this is only this is these are big relationships but we're in relationship all the time yeah with everyone even strangers we're in relationship with ourselves i i also wanted to ask um some of the hardest relationships to have are close relationships with someone who's engaging in very destructive behavior like you were saying about the mother and the um 
the someone who's a heroin addict. Yeah. Um, and um, what, one of my friends said to me one time about her, her children that I think through doing this kind of conscious approach to um, relating to people and parenting, she saw it as not her responsibility so much to protect her children and insulate them from the world and its dangers as to um, make them able to engage fully with life and uh, fully with its difficulties. So there's not the sense that this is given a sense of viewing the other as a conscious being also and not say um, an object that I have to take care of. Um, how, how do you view encounter that? My, my own feeling here won't be surprised is paralogical. You know, I feels like, well, it's both of those. Yeah. You know, I, I'm immensely protective about my family. I feel a, a natural sense of responsibility that comes with that particular relationship. I have a, you know, I'm responsible for my children in a way that I'm not responsible for other children. Mm. Uh, even though the care I would want to express might be the same. So, and I feel that, but at the same time, part of that responsibility is they need to engage with their life. I'm aware that their soul is on a unique journey and my job is not to presume I know what that is, but to facilitate it. And that just like my journey, that journey may involve difficult things, suffering, all the rest of it. Well, it will. <laughs> it just will. Everybody's does. So my feeling is it's a bit of both. It's like I want to protect them, but not, but only so they can make the journey. And there's a kind of, you know, when you talk about dealing with difficulties, I mean, the one for me would be my dad, who was an alcoholic. And, and I learned from that, that, you know, love is a big thing. And, and love isn't easy. So love sometimes is easy, but it's not, it's not like it doesn't do the easy. You know, love is sometimes going no, and love is sometimes having someone hate you. And so I think there's this kind of, what I'm experiencing more and more, actually, Richard, all the time, is this state in which I see, oh, when I'm conscious of the depth of my being, there is a fundamental acceptance, like a total unconditional acceptance of the way it is, a loving acceptance, just as it is. So the other person, the other people, you know, whoever, Donald Trump, whoever's the late, whatever it is, the, the, the awful things that are happening, you know, the, the cruelty in, in the Middle East, whatever it is, just like this complete complete acceptance mm. is naturally there and that's one side of love and then the other side of love is it expresses itself as engaged action so there's loving acceptance and then loving engagement and then the loving engagement goes oh no not that or do this or i would like to do this or stop that or i'm not going to go and buy you alcohol i'm going to let you suffer mm. um or I'm going to hold you up and look after you, whatever is, is appropriate. And that's the love wisdom. That's where it's like, oh, well, how will you respond individually to this thing? And that deep acceptance is still felt, though. There's, there's a huge difference for me when I act with this deep acceptance and then go, that's unacceptable. Yeah. Than when I just go, that's unacceptable and change this and do that. And this is. Yes. It's like you're totally acceptable, but some things are unacceptable within that. Yeah, there's a, there, it's it's hard paradox to put into words, but the, yes. <laughs> two, the, the two do sit side by side. And it seems inherent in the nature of love and loving relationships to get how they sit side by side. So with your kids, again, you said how the kids, is there's the difference between I'm protecting you, I'm stopping you, I'm doing this, I'm, from this kind of just this separateness, mm. because I'm your dad, 
and this place where it's like I completely accept that your life will be as it turns out to be and I'm I'm right with that and I happen to be a dad and I'm doing this yeah, sure, it, sure and they and it's felt differently by the other person yes yes um final thing that can occur to me to ask um I think a lot of people find relationships and just pure relating difficult and feel very stuck inside themselves and yeah. feel they don't have the social skills and graces. Uh, they don't know any good jokes. Um, they don't have a good vocabulary. They don't, they don't have a, a wide ranging education. They're not interesting. Um, and I encounter a lot of people who feel kind of stuck with this and very um, awkward in social situations. Um, it's the, the concept of deep awake is interesting to me in this regard because it seems to be something that cuts beneath all that and says well, well beyond your looks and how entertaining you are as a person there's this essential nature to you uh, which is beautiful and wonderful to engage with no matter what um is going on and if you can connect with that and others and appreciate it in yourself uh, you've got a foundation there where you feel kind of okay to to go into um connection of all sorts with all the people um what, what would you say to that for anyone with a kind of social anxiety? I would say yes to that. I mean, that's I, one of the great things is seeing how people in, especially in the deep awake immersion that we do at the deep awakening is so to see people see that beauty in themselves and each other. And, and it is there. So, you know, it is, we, we do, you know, most of us feel inadequate in some way. Some people are crippled by it. It's to me, it's like, look, look, it's not about language it's how you communicate with somebody else is not about what you say. It may be, you know, I'm a words person, but not everyone is. And some people can say more with a smile than I could say with a thousand words. And that the biggest thing we can offer to each other is to actually see each other. That's the biggest thing. And when someone actually sees you beyond the facade, beyond what you look like, what you sound like, your accent, your vocabulary, your education, when they see deep into the fact that you are a conscious being, when they see the depths of the soul, it's an extremely beautiful thing. And therefore, if we can learn to do that, then people will respond. I mean, you know, if you do that to somebody, by and large people will love you for it because mm. they get so little of it it won't matter how good you are at speaking or what you look like you will be wow i really like being with you because you saw me so the biggest thing we offer each other is that yeah and if you know to me you know one of my mantras is know yourself show yourself but that showing yourself doesn't mean you've got to be big and brash and all the rest of it like some people are maybe you know i'm an outward person some of the time but you don't have to be that it's just in having the integrity to be yourself and then give yourself to the, give yourself to your, the relationship, give yourself to the person who's connecting with you. And then what comes back to you will mirror by and large that generosity. Great. I'm going to throw one more in because I think <laughs> it, would be, it would be remiss on a, a deep awake spiritual type video to not ask about our primary relationship, the relationship we have with ourself and i suppose i'm i'm more a believer than not that the relationships we encounter in the world um reflect that primary relationship uh, how we treat ourselves is 
a, a great mirror for, or how other people treat us is kind of a mirror of how we treat ourselves. Um, more than less. Okay. So um, how does uh, Deep Awake speak to that in that sense then of, um, um, you know, people who may be experiencing a kind of inner negativity towards themselves? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of linked to the last thing you said, really, isn't it? And, and not just oneself, but one's life. I remember my dear friend Peter Gandhi, who I wrote all those books with, he used to say that he always felt like all his relationships were in some way a mirror of his relationship with life itself. And, and that's very close to one's relationship with oneself. It, the, the, the key with the negativity, it seems to me, is paralogical. Look. There are loads of things about Tim, you know, which I could tell you, which I find really hard. And they've moved and changed, and some of them haven't changed. And I'm 57 years old, and there's, you know, I know them well. And to me, it's like, well, Deep Awake hasn't got rid of them. And, I still fr and he still frustrates me. What's happened is that I find a space within me where it's also okay. And Tim is okay, more than okay. There's a deep goodness that I found in Tim. And that as long as I can see that as well, I can live with the other bits. And I think one of the big mistakes we make is we think in one, one dimensionally. So I'm either this or that. So when you're focusing on the bits of ourselves that we don't like, we have a bad relationship with ourselves. But for me, it's paralogical, not just with myself, actually with others as well. You know, I live with my gorgeous wife, Deb, who I love to bits. But there's things about Deb which sometimes, you know, not so easy. Of course there is. She would be the first to say that. But I don't see her as that. I see her as also that. I also know that she's this angel so that I can see both of those. And if I can see that with me, I can see it with her and with everyone else. Mm. And then I, I can choose where I focus. You know, one of, maybe just to finish off, I'll just tell you this story with my, my dad, who's dead now, who, who was a lovely man in many ways and also a very difficult man because he was, a, he was an alcoholic and all for, for other reasons as well. And I, I was always struggling to re, with my relationship with him. And there was one time when I'd gone into meditative retreat, I'd been meditating for probably about six months and he visited me in this little cottage and we were together and I was feeling like, Oh God, you're so closed off. Why can't you see me? Why can't I connect with you? And it's so difficult. And you know, he's so, uh. and then we were just sitting there and for a moment I suddenly saw it. I suddenly saw that I suddenly saw that the essence of my dad was way, way back in the distance. And at the front was like bars. He was like stuck behind this facade and he couldn't get through. And right at the back, there was this thing I was trying to reach going, help me, help me. And every time I reacted to the bit that was stuck, it got quieter and quieter and fell further and further back. And I just thought, oh, I think it's him, but it's me. I'm doing this. I, it, it's, I'm creating this problem. And as soon as I saw it, I just thought, I should just get up and embrace him. And it just felt like, I can't do that. <laughs> and then I did. And it was incredible. We just kind of went through. We went through. It was a big, big moment for us. 
So I think it's that ability to see through to the deeper thing and to reach that so that when the facade's going, not to engage with that, but to go, I still see you and to relate to that. Thank you, Tim. That's a beautiful story and a great way to end. So we'll put the details of the event in the, um, the box beneath the video. Sounds fantastic. And Tim, thanks very much. We'll Thank you. And I'm, I'm hoping, by the way, Richard, to do one of these in Holland as well. So we'll put out all that information yeah. with it, maybe. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, Thank we'll, you for we'll, facilitating yeah. this beautifully as ever. No, great. Yeah, a lot of food for thought. Thanks, Tim. See you soon.